This week on episode 62 of the Docs to Dads podcast, we are digging into a recent article in a medical journal that explores ideas of screen time, playtime, and developmental outcomes. I'm going to share what this research found and what it means for you and your parenting this week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and I am so excited to have you here this week. This week, I'm doing a new type of episode. This is the first time I've done this. It's a a type of episode that I've been wanting to do for quite some time, uh, but hadn't quite found the right way to do it. Uh, And so what I want to try to do going forward is have some episodes where I take articles from scientific journals and share the insights that come from those that are relevant to your parenting or whether I think they're useful at all. Part of my role as an academic pediatrician is to keep up to date with the latest research that's coming out in the major medical journals that relates to uh, child health and child development and parenting. Uh, And so I'm reading all of these articles anyway, and every once in a while I come across one that I think like, oh, parents might be interested to hear this piece of information. Uh, And I came across one last week as I was reading through one of the big pediatric journals, and I thought I would share it with you. So this week, I'm going to talk about an article that I saw in JAMA Pediatrics. So JAMA is the Journal of the American Medical Association, and they have different journals for different specialties. And so uh, they have a particular journal for pediatrics. Uh, And this is one of the big places where the big time researchers in pediatrics are getting their uh, research published. And so the article is titled Outdoor Play as a Mitigating Factor in the Association Between Screen Time for Young Children and Neurodevelopmental Outcomes. Which is kind of a word salad as uh, journal article titles tend to be. But the idea is that this is a research study that was done actually in Japan to determine the developmental outcomes of children and how those are impacted by kids who have so-called high screen time and those who have high frequency of outdoor play. Now, the authors of this study state in their conclusion that what they found was that children who have exposure to, quote, high screen time at two years of age are more likely to have developmental delays in communication and daily living activities at age four. And kids who have high frequency of outdoor play showed lower risk of motor delays, those daily living activities, uh, but that did not have any effect on the communication delays. So now as I'm reading through these articles and trying to figure out like, what does this research mean? How should I talk about this with uh, parents? Should this change the way that I talk about screen time or outdoor play or development uh, with families? The first thing that I want to look at is how is the research team defining these specific terms. And so in this case, I really wanted to dig into one, how did they actually collect this information? How did they determine 
which kids had high screen times and which kids had high frequency of outdoor play? How did they actually figure that out? And then how exactly are they defining high screen time and high frequency of outdoor play? Like, what do they mean by that precisely? And so in this case, the data was collected by just asking parents how many minutes per day on average their child spent watching TV or engaging in other types of screen-based activities like tablets, video games, those kinds of things, and how many days out of the week their child spent at least 30 minutes consecutively outside playing and playing hard enough that they're breathing harder than usual. And that's the way that they describe these things. And so then high screen time, kids who are exposed to, to quote, high levels of screen time, was defined as anything over 60 minutes per day of screen time on average. And high frequency of outdoor play was considered six or seven days of the week on average of outdoor play. There are a couple of key points that I wanted to pull out from this just to go over and review. And so just to put this in context of what this research article is trying to say is that for the cohort of patients that were being studied in this research project, those kids who at age two were using screens for 60 minutes or more per day had an increased risk for communication and activities of daily living, what we might call fine motor delays that might require some kind of intervention. And kids who had that high levels of screen time, but who also had six or seven days of the week where they played outside for at least 30 minutes consecutively hard enough that they breathe harder than usual, had a lower risk of those fine motor delays compared to the kids with high screen time who didn't play outside that frequently. But the playing outside did not have any impact on their communication delay. So those kids still had the higher risk of communication delay, whether they played outside six or seven days out of the week or not. So this is interesting. I think it's it's kind of this interesting way that we just put parenting in a, in a broader context of like, we're making a lot of decisions every day as a parent in terms of what are we allowing our kids to do and how are we filling their time uh, and how are we trying to do the best that we can for them in terms of nutrition and activity, but also practically realizing that when we're home with our kids, there's also laundry that needs to be done and dishes that need to be cleaned and maybe work responsibilities that we're trying to keep up with, even though we're maybe working from home, something like that, right? And so I thought I'd start from the very beginning with just sort of what are the screen time recommendations that are made by our health organizations? So the American Academy of Pediatrics actually recommends less than two hours per day of screen time. And so you can see from this research, and there's certainly been other research that shows this, that even if you stay within that limit, there is some risk uh, that kids could go on to develop some kind of developmental issue, whether that's in communication, fine motor, uh, social behaviors, any of these kinds of situations. Too much time on screen time can lead to some of these developmental challenges. And even if you stay within that two-hour limit that the AAP recommends, you may still be exposing your kiddo to some risk of these developmental effects. Uh, but there are things that you can do 
with screen time to try to offset some of those negative effects of the screen time. And so um, I'll, I'll just talk through a couple of those quickly. So the first one is, if possible, make it interactive. Make it a thing, um, not just that the child is interacting with something on the screen, although that's probably better than just passively watching something, but also interactive with another person. So the best screen time, if there is such a thing, is time that your child is doing something on a screen and you're sitting right there next to them, engaging with them, also participating, letting them take the lead, but you're there to ask questions, you're there to sort of help reinforce some of the the educational aspects that might be there, uh, or even just to make it sort of quality time together, you and your child kind of playing this game together or watching this video together or whatever the case may be. So making it interactive, not just in terms of your child you know, sorting things by color or whatever might be happening on the screen, but also interactive with you, you're there. Now, practically, for a lot of us who have busy family lives that we're running, uh, sometimes screen time is uh, specifically designed to not be interactive, right? We need our child to sit calmly in one place so that we can feed the baby or we can make dinner or we can do any of the other sort of household responsibilities that we need to get done. If you're not able in that moment for part of their screen time to be there and interacting with them with the screen time, the next thing to think about is making it educational. So whether it's interactive on the screen, learning colors, shapes, numbers, letters, uh, those kinds of things, or even just watching something that's a little bit more educational and not there strictly for entertainment, you know, something that's going to teach them how to count, how to, uh, you know, say their letters, how to spell words, those kinds of things. There's videos and, and games that can be had on screens that will still be teaching them those things that then you can reinforce later when you're not on screen time. So if you're paying attention enough as you should be to knowing exactly what your kid is doing on the screen, even if you're not sitting there watching them for every second, then you can reinforce what is it that they were learning from that thing and how can I talk about that again later while we're sitting around the dinner table or at night before they go to bed uh, and invest in that time in a meaningful way by reinforcing whatever they were watching on on the TV. And then the last thing that I'll include here, partially because I'm married to an ophthalmologist, is the thing that you really want to think about limiting is close work, um, which is sort of just a way of saying, you know, screens that are very close to the face. So sometimes folks are holding their phone or their tablet really close to their face. And the way that your eyes have to move and work to be able to see what's on the screen um, puts a lot more strain on your eyes than looking at a screen that's a little bit further away. And so I'm actually going to have an ophthalmologist on the podcast sometime in the next few months to talk about this a little bit more because it's something that they're really excited about talking about and something that I didn't really become aware of until I was married to an ophthalmologist. Um, And I thought it was really interesting for me as a parent. And so I want to share that view. But suffice to say at this point that limiting how much time they're spending with screens that are really close to their face is going to make a difference in terms of how much strain they're putting on their eyes and maybe all of these things. The key takeaway that I would take from all of these screen time recommendations is that a lot of these delays, it's hard to say whether it's being caused by the screen time or if it's just that the screen time is replacing other more interactive activities where kids would be learning communication skills and would be learning these motor skills. And they're not doing that because instead they're watching something on a screen, right? And so it's hard to know if it's actually because of the time in front of the screen or if it's because of what they're not doing because they're doing uh, the screen time. The other way to think about this is that 
the screen time itself may not be causing the problem as long as you can prioritize, again, at other moments, having those enriching activities for your kids to do throughout the day. And if you can prioritize having those activities and working with them on their colors and their numbers and all the other things that you need them to learn. And as they get older, they're learning more complex things, of course. But, you know, if you can continue to provide them with those non-screen based activities throughout the day, then they can sit and watch Bluey while you feed and change the baby, right? Like there's a practicality to like, these are things that need to be done and you can't have the kids running around being crazy while you're trying to get the the baby to, to take a nap, right? And this is sort of the season of life that I'm living in right now. So maybe this feels a little more personal to me as I'm, re- as I'm reading the article. There's certainly that context uh, as I was reading through this article. But it's not necessarily that screen time in and of itself is this terrible, awful thing um, that we should always avoid 100% of the time. Like there's a, there's some good content out there that's worth consuming for our kids that can teach them things. And then there's practical value to having our kids sit quietly for a few minutes while we feed the baby and get them down for a nap, right? I think that's part of it as well. Again, all things in moderation. Which leads me to my next point, which is be gentle with yourself. Like there's so much parental guilt that I feel like goes into these conversations about nutrition and screen time and playtime and all of these things. And we feel like if we're not doing everything exactly right, uh, then we should feel guilty about that. And I really feel like some of the heart of this research study is this idea that we as parents need to like make up for the bad things that we allow our kids to do, like watching too much screen time by doing these extra good things and, you know, having our kids play outside. And at the end of the day, like, All of these things have pros and cons, and if we can find a way, you know, to balance that out, then we're going to be moving in the right direction. And so this, like, calculus of, like, for every negative thing, we need two positive things or something, like, it just ignores the reality of family life and, frankly, ignores the realities of Michigan winters, right? You can't just kick your kids outside to play for 30 minutes in January in Michigan, Playing outside for 30 minutes in January in Michigan also requires an hour before and after they get outside to get their warm clothes on and their long socks and their snow pants and their winter coat and their snow boots and their hats and their scarves and gloves. You got to get those on and off and then you go outside and you have 30 minutes of being told exactly how cold it is, right? And then you come back inside and you need another hour to get all of those things off and get them resettled, right? And so it's like a big production to get kids outside for 30 minutes. And sometimes, you know, we have these beautiful, today was like a beautiful sunny winter day. And so it was actually not that bad to have been outside and playing. And so sometimes it's worth it to like get everybody all geared up and get them outside. And then we can play for a little while and you don't hear quite so much complaining and and whining about it. But there are other days when it's gray and gross and rainy and getting outside just feels like the absolute last thing that you want to do, no matter how much screen time the kids have had this week, right? So there's no balancing that out. And all of that is fine. As parents, I do always just try to include this idea that like, we need to be gentle with ourselves to do the best that we can in every moment. And we can try to shoot for these ideals, right? We want our kids every day that, you know, when I'm home with the kids, I try to think about like, how much time am I spending sort of not distracted, playing with the kids, no screens, I'm not on my phone, they're not watching TV, like we're playing some kind of game 
altogether, right? If the weather's pleasant enough outside, like we're going to try to get outside for 30 minutes or an hour because that's good for all of us. And then we get all of those things inevitably lead to less screen time. But then sometimes they're going to have some screen time because I need to take care of baby and do all the other things that are happening around the house on the days when I'm, when I'm home, whether it's the the weekend or if I have a weekday off, those kinds of things. But those things aren't going to happen every day. Things are going to come up. I'm going to get distracted. Something's going to come up at work and somebody's going to be reaching out to me and I got to take care of something. You know, I need to write a podcast episode. I've got social media things that need to happen. It's just not going to happen for us every day, but we got to do our best that we can um, to shoot for meeting those goals more often than we don't, right? Building systems for playtime that will hopefully help us to reach those goals. But as long as we're doing it more often than we're not, we're still going to be setting our kids up for success. It doesn't have to be 100%. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about from this article is just the nice thing about it is the realization that getting our kids outside for playtime is one of the best things that we can do for them. I've thought in the past about dedicating an entire podcast episode to this. And so maybe I will in the next few weeks now that I'm including this little brief version uh, in this episode. But in my experience as a dad, my kids, their behavior is better. Their mood is better. They sleep better. They eat better. Our lives are just generally easier if our kids can get outside and run around for a little while whether we're just out taking a walk around the block just to get outside and get some fresh air, move our muscles. My kids get cabin fever so bad. And if it's been a few days since they've gotten outside and run around and stretch those muscles, we can feel it in the the tension uh, in the house. And so it's just, it's good for our kids to be outside and it's good for us as parents to get outside as well. It's a good way for us to get some fresh air in our lungs, move our bodies as well. You know, so many of us are working desk jobs or, or doing all these different things where we don't get outside as often as we should. We're not uh, getting our getting our steps in as often as we should, right? So it's good for us to be outside as well. Uh, and as a backup for going outside, I read somewhere um, once that if you can't get your kids outside to play, get them in the tub, you know, let them uh, play in the water uh, in the tub, maybe give them, you know, one day a week in, in these tough winters. Sometimes we do it a couple of times a week where you just kind of let them stay in the tub a little bit longer and play and you sort of loosen some of the restrictions on splashing and those kinds of things. And like, just let them be silly in the tub instead of being silly outside. If you can, if you can manage it, sometimes it gets a little chaotic at my house when we do this, but that's another thing that if we can't get outside and and have them run and play, like letting them play around in the tub while supervised is a nice way to, to sort of get some of those same effects of, sort of wearing them out and letting them get some of that those wiggles out and and just burn off some of that extra energy that they might have. This episode is not to say that going outside isn't important or that screen time isn't that big of a deal. Like these are things that we should be paying attention to as a parent, but there's no perfect multivariate equation that's going to lead us to having happy healthy kids. Like I'm a math guy. I wish that was the case actually if I could tell you like you just need to do 28 minutes of this and 36 minutes of that and no more than 12 minutes of of this third thing, right? And like, if I could give you that exact equation, uh, then I would, and that would make life much easier. It does come from realizing that there are certain things that are generally good for our kids and some things that 
are only good in moderation and some things that are not good for our kids at all. And shooting as much as we can to be consistent about maximizing the good things, minimizing the bad things, and moderating the things that are in the middle to help them learn to establish better habits, which is the the other key to a lot of this, right? It's not just about what they're doing now, but it's about sort of what are we showing them about how we're prioritizing our days? Are we, when we're home, just laying around on the couch, watching TV all day? Or are we taking opportunities to get outside and get some yard work done or take a walk around the block or go down to the park to get our own, to get ourselves outside, right? We're showing them what these good habits look like. And I think that's what's really important. So in summary, I think it's an interesting question that these researchers were trying to answer, trying to determine how these two important variables fit together of screen time and outdoor playtime and determining what influence those might have on kids' developmental outcomes. And maybe if you could sort of fine-tune the way you were measuring these variables a little bit better or add on additional variables that impact uh, how kids' development plays out, you might actually be able to see this come a little bit more clearly into focus. Maybe we'll we'll work towards that uh, optimum multivariate equation that I was talking about. But what we know is that for most kids... Having parents who are showing up for them consistently is the key to overcoming developmental challenges. You know, kids with communication delays need parents who are talking to them and helping them learn how to communicate. Kids who are having trouble achieving their motor milestones need more opportunities to practice those skills, right? So they need opportunities to practice their writing. They need opportunities to practice their walking and their jumping. And so putting together obstacle courses is kind of a fun way to help kids Um, with those kinds of things and sort of meeting your kid where they're at and helping them learn sort of what that next skill is, whether they're on track and you're trying to just keep progressing or whether maybe they have fallen a little bit behind and they need a little bit of help. You're just meeting them right where they are and helping them along the way. And it's you as a parent showing up consistently day in and day out and spending a little bit of time doing something fun that stimulates them to continue to grow. That's going to make the difference. And I think there's a couple of of pieces to this, but I think a certain amount of the issue with screen time is actually just that screen time is replacing some of those important investable moments that we have as parents. And so if we're not missing the opportunity to do that, then we're going to see them continue to progress. And every kid will go at a different pace and in a different order. You know, watching the developmental differences across my three kids has been really eye-opening for me as a pediatrician. They have been as different as three, you know, quote, developmentally normal kids can be. So just stay the course, keep doing the best you can, you know, try to get your kids outside this weekend if you can. Uh, But if it's a blizzard or something, it's okay to stay inside and not talk about Bruno. But I'd love to hear from you. What do you think? How do you think about setting goals for your kids each day uh, when you're home with them, watching them? Like, do you set a goal for getting outside? Do you set an ideal time that they're spending on their screens? Uh, Is this something that you think about when you're taking care of your kids day to day? Or are there too many other things on your plate to even worry about this that much? Also, I'd love to hear from you if you liked this new episode style where I'm talking about the latest parenting research. Is this something you hope I will continue to do? 
I've got to read this research anyway for my job. So uh, if this is something that you enjoyed, I'll be happy to keep sharing the ones that are interesting or ridiculous. I'd be happy to share these with y'all. Most of all, I'd love to connect with you on social media and learn how you approach all of these questions. You can find the links to all of my social media in the show notes or at docstodads.com. You can also send me an email at docstodadspod at gmail.com. Thanks as always to Phil Rabon for editing the show and making it sound so great for you. Tune in next week where I'm going to be doing a Valentine's episode to talk about ways to invest in your relationship with your wife. Even if you are juggling busy careers and an even busier home life, we're not doing it perfectly, but I'll share some of the things that's worked for us next week. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs to Dads platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.